Welcome back, everybody, to That Faith Life Podcast. I am Hannah Campbell, and I am so glad that um, you are listening with me today. Uh, I hope you caught my very first episode where I just kind of gave an intro about what That Faith Life is going to be all about, and uh, I'm looking forward to sharing some cool stuff with you today and in the future episodes. Um, I wanted to start today by just sharing a little bit about my story, my testimony, and just kind of why I'd uh, decided to do this podcast at all. Um, I said in the last episode that a couple years ago, I had started a website um, called That Faith Life, where I just kind of posted some blogs and articles and stuff um, just about my faith. And uh, I always got really encouraged to read back through what God had taught me over the years. And want to encourage you guys to, um, if you haven't already, or if it's not something you're used to doing, that you begin to really pay attention to um, to the story of your life. Um, I worked in Kenya, Africa for a couple of years um, after college as a missionary, and one of the things that we always taught our interns was that their story really matters. A lot of people um, have a hard time you know, wanting to tell their story because they either are shameful or feel guilty or they don't think that their story is dramatic enough or tragic enough um, to matter. But God designed each of us um, and he predestined us, you know, we're his, we're his children, we're adopted into sonship and daughtership with him. We're the, the prince and princesses of the most high king. And so no matter what your story is, it's important and not only matters to God, and to you, but it does matter um, to other people. And the reason I say that is because oftentimes we we don't allow God to use our life as a testimony to encourage other believers um, to be missionaries, um, to go out and to, um, whether it's preaching the gospel or just talking to a person on an airplane or sharing with your family and friends or teaching in a small group. One of my favorite, uh, most favorite people on the planet is a wonderful lady named Corey. Uh, she used to be Corey May, and then she got uh, married, and she's Corey Kirk now. But she was my small group leader uh, when I was 15, uh, or f- around 14. I started going to a church, and uh, they put me in her small group. And this sweet country southern girl, Corey, she had decided to take on a bunch of teenagers from Alpharetta, Georgia. And um, she'll tell you now, she's uh, very much involved in my life now, so that's been Um, 18 years ago that she got involved in my life and she's been a mentor um, for many years. She's turned into one of my greatest friends and sisters and um, she would tell often her stories to us as a small group um, to encourage our faith and it was hard for us as teenagers to grasp but as we've gotten older and I can't speak for the other girls but for me as I've gotten older I remember those stories and they impacted me in my early 20s and my late teens and now in my 30s Um, and I'm really glad she told me her testimony she had some things go on in her life and she talked about not just how she got saved but um, how she maintained her faith in really hard times and really uh, times of struggle and battle and challenges and um what was really powerful is that now those stories stick with me and I use them in my life. So you've got to, you've got to know that your story really matters. They impact you. Um, they will impact other people for a long time if you will allow it. Um, you never know who will accept Christ because you're willing to share your testimony of salvation or how you overcame a battle because God was involved in your life because you allowed God to be in your life. So 
I just want to um, continue on by sharing a little bit about what was going on in my life when I got saved. And a lot of people will tell you that teen testimonies are not that big of a deal. Um, but in this day and age, especially teens and children are exposed to so much stuff out in the world, way more than even when I was a kid. And certainly when, when my parents, who are now in their 60s, um, were just exposed so much more. Um, to things of the world, you know, through social media, through television and movies, through YouTube, through um, friends and school, you know, and if you think about how many hours your kids are, you know, are around other people and you don't even know what conversations they may be having. And that's not to scare you, but to prepare your mind to make sure that, um, you know, that you are filling your mind with good, good things. And so when I was 14, um, I had my, so my parents were divorced when I was four. My dad had been a pastor when I was a baby at a church in Atlanta and he left the ministry and went into the corporate world after my parents split and we moved, my mom and I, my mom built a house for me and my sister to, we moved to Alpharetta, um, from Marietta and my dad stayed in Marietta for a while and then he moved to Alpharetta, not far from us. Um, but we didn't really grow up in the church because after my parents got a divorce, um, there was, my mom just had been hurt, you know, she had been hurt by their divorce and just being in the place that she called home and there was just a lot of struggle with that. So when we moved to Alpharetta, she didn't spend a lot of time getting us plugged into church and she kind of became this single parent that, um, you know, kind of did things on her own and dad helped and they did the best they could to co-parent with us, but neither of them had us in church, um, is why I tell you that. And so flash forward you know, till I was about 14 years old, you know, my dad and, and mom kind of did the normal life and dad had his own struggles, mom had her own struggles, whether it was emotionally, mentally, you know, physically, spiritually. And there came a time where I remember a shift in my dad, where he began to start to say things about God and how we really, he wanted to get us back into church. But again, I didn't remember ever going to church really. I mean, we would visit churches on Easter and Christmas and maybe on a special, other special occasions, but we really didn't go to church ever. And so it was when I was 14, my dad, um, brought me and my younger sister, Rachel to North Point church, Andy Stanley's church in Alpharetta. And that's when I got plugged into the small group with Corey May, Corey Kirk. I still call her Corey May. But, um, so when that happened, I had, um, gotten kind of involved in some things that I, you know, looking back now, it's just crazy that, you know, those things happened. But, um, you know, when you're 14 and you, especially when, um, you have a lot of friends and I, I wouldn't say that I was like the most popular girl in school, but I definitely had a lot of good, great friends that were all very social. We were very active. We, you know, we did we had social parties and we did school events and we were just kind of involved in everything. And there was a, 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 another teenage boy that was involved in my life and I ended up losing my virginity to him when I was 14. Um, and that really um, was, I would say, a breaking or a shift in my life story when that happened because I was terrified. And um, I definitely just, looking back now, I remember saying, talking to God after it happened because I had just gotten back involved in church and mom had always talked to us about God. So it wasn't that we didn't believe in God or that we didn't know about Jesus. We just weren't going to church. So I wasn't infiltrated 
with the spirit of God and the truth of the Bible to really be able to say no to that boy or to make the decision that I, you know, deep in my heart that I knew it was wrong to do. Um, and so, um, I just was really hurt by the fact that I had done that and I felt, I felt like I had betrayed myself, but I felt like even more that I had betrayed God. Well, I had felt the need to talk to somebody about it. And so I had gotten close with Corey over that year, my small group leader, and I went to her and I had confessed what I had done and she had encouraged me to talk to my mom about it, which of course I was just mortified by, but she went with me. We told my mom and my mom was able to kind of help me. Um, really get through that season that Corey and then church really helped me get through that season of just feeling guilty and shameful at 14 years old it's not something that any kid should ever really have to go through um, so flash forward a year later um, I got saved at a church youth camp um, and I'll, I remember it today I was standing and we were doing worship and I just asked God I asked Jesus into my heart just by myself and then I told Corey about it and I told my small group and I ended up getting baptized later that year maybe that next year. And um, so what was great was that I had this incredible moment where I'm able to now share with all of you that no matter what you've done in your life, there's always restoration. There's always something, there's always um, a way to get to God. And he made a way for it, for us to get to him. And that's through Jesus. And, and that's just the simple, that's the gospel. That's the simple gospel that I, I asked Jesus to come into my heart. And there was a supernatural shift that happened in me where I knew that I, God had more for my life, that there was more to my life than losing my virginity or just dating or partying or just hanging out with all the cool kids and all that stuff. Like there was so much more to my life. And at a very young age, I really wanted to be an actress. So I knew that there was something in me that was going to come out that was great. Um, and God just began to plant in me just this love for doing things that were more than just me, experiencing adventure, experiencing, you know, um, um, just kind of putting myself out there. And but I will tell you that when I got saved, something else happened. I lost a lot of friendships because it wasn't Hannah, you know, it wasn't, I wasn't the normal Hannah. I all of a sudden began going to church all the time. You know, my friends were noticing there was some weirdness with that. And teenagers don't know how to handle when one of their friends gets saved and, and, um, or, or not even just saved, but even just like a shift in the lifestyle. And so, um, I, despite getting saved, I still battled with sexual impurity in high school. And that's something that I like to use as my part of my testimony now, because even though God changed my life in that moment, he changed my heart. But what I didn't understand at the time was that I still had a sin. Um, I, I, it wasn't that I was a sinner. It was that I still was going to be tempted by the devil to do the things that God said were sin, whether it was being sexually impure, drinking, you know, smoking marijuana, whatever it was. And so those are things looking back now that I realized that I was always being tempted and I thought that I was just still a sinner. But really what was happening was I was allowing the devil to have space in my mind and my heart that affected the decisions that I made. And that's really important as a part of my testimony because if you look going after high school, I went into college with that same mentality. I loved Jesus and I knew that he saved me and I knew that God loved me and he had a great plan for my life and that I was destined for greatness. That was something I just knew. But yet I still struggled because of my own insecurities because I didn't ever really truly heal. I didn't get counseling for when I lost my virginity. I didn't get counseling 
for some other things that have been going on in my family and with both of my parents and my sisters and different things like that. And so, you know, I took some baggage with me to college. And so in college, there was my freshman year, totally party, did whatever I want, wanted to, and just had what the typical freshman experience. And I don't say that to sound rude or degrading towards freshman college students because I absolutely adore college students. Just love, I love that season of life of college where you're you're about to be in adulthood, um, but you're not quite fully responsible for everything because you still have school to go to. You know, you're still, you know, either your parents are paying for college or you have to work to pay college, pay for college, um, or you've got a scholarship. But I went, you know, it's like in that four years, I remember every about every six months I would flip and I would realize what I was doing was wrong and I would cling to Jesus as hard as I could. I would go to church, I would get involved, I would volunteer, I would just do it, I would go to Bible study, I would read my Bible, I would journal, I would pray every day, and then I would get bored. And it was like that greatness that God told me was a part of my life I wasn't experiencing, so I, I would always turn back to the world to try to experience that greatness and that the great grand adventures that I knew in my heart I was destined for. And um, I had started, I went to school for a Bachelor of Fine Arts, so I was doing theater. And if anybody knows anything about the entertainment or the theater world, and this is not a, um, a bash on the theater world because I still love it and still very much involved in, in theater productions, even today, I'm currently um, assistant directing our Christmas production at the church, which is incredible, by the way. So if you are listening to this, this weekend, December 6th, 7th, and 8th, nightly at 7 p.m. at World Harvest Church in Roswell, Georgia. We're having a musical Christmas production called Home for Christmas, and it is one of my most favorite shows I've ever done. So please come out to that. Tickets are free. You can go to um, whcga.com and check that out. Um, But just going back to talking about living in the theater world, you know, everything in theater is all about appearances. It's all about your body and your weight and your face and your hair color and your height and is your waist thin enough? Are your boobs big enough? You know, are your, do you have the right calves? Do you have the right eye color? Are, do you, are your freckles too much? Are your freckles not enough? Are you tan enough? Are you pale enough? You know, are you a girl next door? Or are you more the best friend in the show? So my whole four years, well, four years of high school doing theater and four years of college was really very, a lot of service level, service level vain stuff. So every time I would go back to the world and really cling to the idea of being famous, a famous actress or really diving into characters, you know, you can get so misled and all those same temptations from high school just crept back in. And every six months I would go through this cycle where I would have what I, I would take, take my hands off of Jesus and put them on the world. But then again, I would go through that cycle where I would come back to Jesus because I would feel guilty and shameful and I would feel anxiety and stress and worry all the time that God didn't love me. And how could he love somebody that kept turning their back on him? Which to be honest, you know, God says, and I mentioned this in my very first episode that, you know, God spits lukewarm people out of their mouth. You either follow Jesus or you don't follow Jesus. You can't be in between, which is why I had so much anxiety because I was constantly in college, especially trying to go between the world. And I was trying to have my cake and eat it too. And it's impossible when you're in a relationship with God. You cannot have both the world. You cannot serve two masters. And that's the scripture and you can go look it up. But serving two masters for me looked like this. It looked like on Sundays I went to church and I taught the kids about Jesus and children's ministry. 
but the next day or the next weekend or the night before I was out at the bar doing karaoke which you know karaoke is great and it's fun but I would be drinking or I would just be staying up to all hours or I was dating around or whatever it is and um, whatever it was I was doing it certainly was not how God intended my life to be and it certainly wasn't the greatness that I knew God had destined for me so flash forward to the end of college I left college um, feeling excited I gotten a job but I had um, really my senior year was just so worldly I mean it my senior year I look back and I'm like of all of the things that I've learned about God and Jesus you would think by then I would figure have I'd figured some things out but I didn't and so um, I turned my back on him and I just totally fully gave in to every temptation that you could ever think of for a college student my senior year I was going to live it up well I finished my senior year fully depressed not feeling great about myself but had gotten this job on tour with a children's theater company out west and I went on tour for a year and of all the the wonderful things God could have done for my life which at the time I was pretty mad about but all of all the wonderful things God partnered me with a tour partner and in this company I was hired for hired with they um partner you with one person for 12 months and you get in a red Ford F-150 you have all of your costumes your theater makeup your lighting your set and everything you need and your luggage and you go from town to town every week auditioning kids to be in your show that you and so you do the same show every week for a year well the girl who had been tempted to sleep around and party and just you know give in to her temptations all the time and had actually done it for four years of college was now on tour with one female for 12 months. No boys, no opportunity for a relationship, no opportunity to date, no opportunity to meet anybody unless I wanted to have a long distance relationship. But even then we were in a town every week and then we would go on to the next one. So for 12 months, it was as if God had had uh, set up a fast for me. He literally allowed me to fast from the things of the world. Now, of all the other things he could have done, my tour partner was one of like maybe three or four Christians in the whole company of touring partners that I could have been partnered with. So God set me up not only to be with a female and to not be able to date for a whole year, but he set me up with somebody who really loved God. Um, my tour partner's name is Heather. She is one of my, she is one of my best, I mean, she's one of my best friends in the whole world. She's currently in South Africa. She got married to a South African this, um, this year, what year is this? Yeah, this year. And she is one of the most wonderful human beings I've ever met on the planet. And, um, I tell you that because I, I cannot believe that after four years, I totally did not deserve another opportunity from God to be able to get my act together. But he gave it to me and he gave me Heather and he gave me no dating and he gave me traveling around the country for a year, huge blessings, growing spiritually. And I was sitting in a hotel room one day reading a Francis Chan book called Crazy Love. Um, I was still pretty immature in my faith, but I, I still loved Jesus. I just had not matured and understanding that like I that my whole life really needed to be fully sacrificed for him. So I was sitting in a hotel room, I was reading this book and I was overcome with emotion. I was overcome that God was sharing with me through this book how much he loved me, that he, it wasn't, and, and yes, it was about Jesus dying for me, but, but it was because of a deep love that he had for me that he did that with Jesus, that he sent Jesus 
you know, to be crucified and, and, and to rise again for me, that he even made him come onto the planet as a human being and be both God and human. And that's something that was so powerful to me, but was what was even more powerful was why God did it. And I began to hear God say to me, I love you with this deepest love that you will never fully understand you, until you get to heaven with me. And it's going to be hard for you, Hannah, but I want you to pay attention to my love. And out of, and that was, that was not a voice from God. That was like the Holy Spirit in my heart and just having this conversation. But then I heard this audible voice after he told me he loved me. He said, Hannah, you are never to make your own name famous. You were only to make my name famous. And I remember my eyes just began to swell up in tears and I just fell onto the bed just sobbing as if God himself was in my room and I, I believe he was it was the Holy Spirit it, it was Jesus it was God talking to me and and I remember thinking well what should I do God my whole life I've been building up to being this famous actress you know I went to school for four years I have this degree I can't go back on that what should I do and and I just remember him saying no you can't go back to anything. You need to come forward to me. You need to be with me and do do the things that that I need from you because I have greatness in store for you. My gosh. So needless to say, I believed him. And I called my friend who I had met when I I had done a summer internship in college with in Kenya. Um and I just met some cool people and so I remembered my friend that was a missionary and she would take college students over for the summer and do an internship in Kenya. Well, I had graduated college, but I thought, well, I'll call her anyways. Maybe there's space for me to go on this mission trip for the summer. Well, they ended up needing a summer intern and she needed help with her family. So I, she, you know, I raised money and I, within that conversation, I was set to go to Kenya and, a, and a, you know, maybe three months later, I was fully funded to go for the summer, which was incredible because I'd only fundraised one other time in my life. Um, so when I got to Kenya, you know, all the same temptations are there when you're, when you're wired, when you've been, when you've allowed yourself to be wired to the devil, any other, you know, if there's another cute boy around, you know, even when you're on the mission field, you're still going to be tempted. And so I was, but I got through that summer realizing that I was so excited to have done something that was not about me. And I'd experienced a little, bit, a little bit of that on tour with working with kids, but this was different. I had fallen in love with Africa, and I had fallen in love with what God was doing in Africa through me, through missions, through other people, and I just couldn't get enough of it. So I came home from Kenya, um, did a part-time job at a, a local Christian school, and just I, I just I kept hearing, go to Africa, go to Africa. And I just thought I was crazy. I mean, what was I going to do? Move to Africa, you know, on my own? But... So I called my friend again and I said, or the, the, my boss from the summer, and I said, Kristen, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm supposed to go to Africa um, full-time. And so they had made this decision recently to hire full-time missionaries. So when I had come to her, it was like God just had opened that door. So I had raised all my money. I For the next six months, I spent raising funds to live for two years. And I got all my funds. I moved to Kenya, Africa in May of 2012. And um, it was seriously the most challenging two years of my life. I came home not really doing well. Um, and just to be honest, I tell you that because even when you're doing things for God, if you are not spiritually um, covered, if you are not spiritually, um, you know, totally 
inundated with the word of God, if your mind is not is not prepared and your heart is not prepared for the challenges of life, you will always go back to the world. You will always have times, you're, the devil's always going to try to tempt you. Now there's gonna be seasons where, and I believe this for all of us, the devil knows you know, that if he can get you to turn away from God, that he will have won. So he focuses a lot on people who are in the midst of making decisions for Jesus. He really tries to get them depressed and anxiety filled and worrisome. He really tries to get them unhappy and unhappy with their experience on the mission field like it was for me. And he just, he just tried to ruin the whole end of my mission experience. But I came home uh, from the mission field. I mean, it was wonderful. And I'll, and I'll tell you soon about what it was like to be a missionary in Africa. But I want to just wrap up my testimony and just tell you that I came home from Kenya in 2013, almost 14. So that was now five years ago. So I was 27. Okay. By this time, I should have figured some things out. But if you're an adult and you've been in on this planet long enough as a believer, as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, you know that your walk with the Lord, your faith life with God is a daily renewal of your mind, a daily renewal of your mind to Christ. You know, Ephesians is one of my favorite um, books in the Bible. And if you are a new believer, I want to encourage you to start with Ephesians or Galatians because it talks about who you are in Christ. And, and it's pretty, it's pretty simple, but specifically in Ephesians, um, in chapter one, it talks about, um, basically, you know, Paul, Paul is talking to, um, to the Ephesians and he says, praise be to the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ for he, ch- this is, this is key for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight in love. He predestined us for the adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. He loves in him. We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven on earth under Christ. And I just, I feel the power of God just reading it out loud because he goes on to say in him, we were also chosen having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will in order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of the truth. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. So I read that to you because not only is it one of my favorite scriptures, but it it shows and I believe that the word of God is the word of God. The Bible is the word of God. It is spoken by God, written out by other people who God gave the word to. And the word is for us to renew our minds every single day. The Bible says that you are to renew your mind every day back to Christ. And the only way to do that is to wake up every day 
no matter what temptations, what challenges, what struggles you're going through, no matter what your story is, today you stop what you're doing and you ask God to renew your mind. And you renew your mind by reading your word, getting the uh, getting the the truth of the gospel message deep into your heart, and then layering it and layering it and layering it with all the other promises and scriptures from God. Every day, wake up and you say, God, my life belongs to you. My mind belongs to you. My heart belongs to you. And I'm never going to turn away from you. Speak it out of your mouth that you will never turn away from him. And I don't mean that you're making empty promises to God. I mean, you tell yourself that you are never going to turn away from God. And you allow that power of the Holy Spirit as you speak those words to infiltrate your mind. And the more you say it, the more you will do it. If you keep telling yourself you're never going to be the Christian you want to be, you're never going to have greatness, you're never going to go on to do incredible things, you're never going to do it. You cannot speak negatively over your life, over your faith, over your walk with God and expect the promises of God to come true in your life. You have to renew your mind and the best way to do that is to speak out every day. Now you may be a journaler, you may be a praiser, you know, where you need worship music. I listen to worship music every day. It's pretty much always playing praise music, worship music, especially just in the quiet of the morning or when I'm working, I have it on in the background. Um, some people can't do that when they're working, but I just, you, you, you need to hear from the girl that constantly turned her back on God over and over again, that there is still redemption for all of us until you are, you know, dead and you have an opportunity. If you are alive on this planet today is your opportunity to turn your life back around. And the, the definition of repentance, by the way, is to do a 180. It's to turn around. It means that you're turning away from sin in the world and you're turning your back on the world back and you're, you're getting back to looking at God. Take a moment, take a breath, ask yourself, have I renewed my mind today? Have I renewed my mind to Christ? Do I believe that I am a prince or a princess of the most high king? And for those of you who are not super lovey-dovey and you know, maybe you just are not into, you know, talking, telling yourself that you're a prince or princess. Tell yourself that you, I am a son or daughter of the most high king, the king, the king of kings, the Lord of lords. I am, a, I am a co-heir with Christ. You know what? Co-heir means that you have the same rights as Jesus, because when you ask Jesus into your heart, you become that, that is how, that is how you get back with God. You accept Jesus into your heart and now you have the same rights as Jesus. He's the prince. He was the prince of peace. You're the prince of the most high king. You're the princess of the most high king. You're royalty. You know, and it's hard to imagine that because we don't see God in the flesh right in front of us. I can't imagine being a disciple and getting to see Jesus in the flesh, although they didn't really understand it then. Later, once they figured it out, can you imagine realizing that you had God in the flesh right in front of you. You had the son of God in front of you. I mean, it's just incredible, you know, just, but now that's why Jesus said that if I don't go, it will be worse for you. I ha Jesus had to leave the planet and he had to, to rise again because now he lives in the Holy spirit lives inside of us, which means Jesus is inside of us. I heard a preacher say one time, he called it the Tupperware gospel and he took a bunch of pieces of Tupperware and he, he said, here's Jesus, and it's this tiny Tupperware, and he put it inside of another Tupperware that was labeled me. Here's Jesus inside of me, and then here's my Tupperware in this other bigger Tupperware that's Jesus, 
and that Tupperware is Jesus. And so Jesus is inside of you and he's on the outside of you. And then the whole big Jesus Tupperware was put inside of another Tupperware that was labeled God. So Jesus is in me and Jesus is covering me and I'm in Jesus. And then Jesus is in God, which means I'm not only in Jesus and in God, but God is also in me and Jesus is me in me. So we don't, we would prefer Jesus to be inside of us. Now we can operate in the power of God. Now we can operate in miracles of healing. Now we can operate in words of knowledge. Now we can operate as if we can do the same things that Jesus did, you know? And so I am so excited um, for you to take a moment at the end of this podcast to um, pray for yourself, pray for your mind. You know, um, there's a ton of great material out, uh, material out there about the battlefield for the mind. If you don't follow Teddy, um, Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. and Carolyn Shuttlesworth, they have some incredible material out there on renewing your mind daily, uh, speaking um, the good promises over your life, speaking scripture over your life. There is a um, scripture, uh, a prayer list that they have. You can go um, check them out on Facebook or on Instagram. Or um, So Carolyn Shuttlesworth podcast is... Um, and Facebook group is nonstop moms and, um, and then Teddy and Carolyn together have miracle word ministries and they are just incredible. So they are people I recommend following, you know, uh, Rodney Howard Brown, um, you know, Jonathan Shuttlesworth. Um, there's just so many people out there. You can follow world harvest church and catch some content from pastor Mary Clefton. You know, it, it, there's just so much out there to renew your mind, but more than anything, before you go and find a bunch of people to follow on social media and be a part of, open your Bible, read Ephesians 1, go back to Romans 8, go back to Romans 12, go find the verses that tell you who you are in Christ and what your purpose on this earth is. And you just remember that God has things destined, um, great greatness destined for you. Now, just to end this, I want to tell you that when I left Kenya, and I had a year, about a year of just full on depression and anxiety, like really bad. Um, I had a friend, my best friend, my now, she's now my sister-in-law, which at the time I didn't know she was going to be my sister-in-law, but she said to me, Hannah, I don't know what you're doing, but get in the car and go back to World Harvest. I had just not gone to church since I had been back from Kenya. Got back to World Harvest. My, and for the first time ever, I began to really understand what it was like um, to just be single and be with God. And I did that for a while and I went through what's called the encounter and God totally wrecked my life in the best way. And I don't, there's a difference between pouring out your everything, but not having the right things poured into you, which is how I felt in Kenya. I didn't, I wasn't spiritually mature enough to handle pouring out to a bunch of other people. But once I got filled up at world harvest, I mean, I got filled with the power of God and God told me, go work for World Harvest. Go tell Pastor Merrick that you're supposed to work for the church. And lo and behold, someone had just resigned their position, the Ministry of Helps director, and Pastor Merrick hired me. And so for the past three and a half years, I've been working at the church. And it is, it, it, even though it, it was challenging and there were trials and there was a struggle at times because it, ministry is, can be hard at times, it was incredible. You know, it was just so amazing. So I look back and I'm like, holy, you know, holy moly, you know, God just totally set me up. And I, I had over 900 volunteers underneath me that I was leading. And, and that, you know, compared to some of you guys out there, you may be leading way larger teams than that. But for me, that was huge to go from an internship or even being in college and, 
you know, doing stuff in the church, like to be over 900 people, what God trusted me with 900 people, but I was the girl that turned her back on God. But God promised me, you guys, that there was greatness in store. So I just want to encourage you, no matter what your story is, and and I encourage you to write your story down, get your testimony out. I want you to start living as if today your life is meant for greatness. And if you're already doing that, then go tell some other people that they're supposed to be living in greatness, that they are called to greatness. And it's not for their glory, it's for God's glory. I don't get the glory for all the ministry work that I did at World Harvest Church. God gets the glory for it. And and it's it, it was an honor, you know? And and now I don't it's not my stamp of approval on that ministry time. It was God's stamp of approval. But you know what I get because of it? I get God's stamp of approval on my life because I have Jesus in my heart and I follow his I follow God's son Jesus and I'm living out what he asked me to live out. I'm doing finally I don't turn my back on God. And that's not to say that I won't be tempted again, but I can tell you today, I am much stronger in my faith to be able to say no to the world. I don't need alcohol. I don't need drugs. I'm happily married. You know, we have challenges because marriage is challenging and it's hard living with another person. And I'm, it's kind of a, you know, it's a laugh, but if you're married, you know, you know, it's hard sacrificing your life for somebody else. And if you are married, I'm going to talk about that in another podcast. Um, but just know that, you know, I don't need those things the way that I used to need. I felt like I needed them because God did a incredible work in my heart over the last 10 years. Well, now being since I've been saved, it's been 17 years. But I would say the most of the work was done in the second half of my 20s. And that is a huge thanks to World Harvest Church because without them, oh my gosh, I would be a total wreck still. So um, thank you for listening today. I'm going to pray for you and then... You know, you guys um, catch the next podcast. I'm going to try to post a few times a week um, and share the podcast. Let me know if you have any questions. Reach out to me. You can follow me on Instagram. That's where I'm doing a lot of my posting. Um, Hannah Epic, Epic with a K. Hannah Epic Campbell uh, is me on Instagram, and um, I'll be posting my podcast there as well. It'll be hosted on Anchor, and you'll get be able to catch it on Spotify and all those places. But, um, for now, just, uh, check it out, share it with other people. If you've been encouraged, encourage some others to listen to it and, um, I'll see you next time, but let's pray. Heavenly father, I thank you so much for the opportunity to share my testimony and my story with anybody listening today. And I just extend the power of God out to anybody listening right now to just say, God bless them with a a mind of Christ, bless them father with an, with the ability to hear you and see you, um, hear you clearly in their time, in their prayer time with you. Holy spirit, speak to them right now as to, um, to what the plans and purposes are for their life. Help them to turn away from temptation. Help them to fight temptation and never think that they're alone. God, show them that they're not alone. Send them people to to surround them, to pray for them, to encourage them. Send them people, God, that will lift them up. And I pray, Lord God, that every day each of these listeners will wake up, renew their minds back to Christ, and get in line with the Word of God. Thank you, Father. We I thank you for the opportunity that you've given me in my life and this ministry, and I'm so thankful for it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, you guys, have a great and blessed day, and I'll see you soon. Or I guess I'll talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.